Hi, and welcome to the Mavericks Unlimited podcast. I'm your host, Christian Roy, and this is the place to be to make your own rules, do work you love, and live life on your terms. This week, we have a very special podcast. On Wednesday, I did a Facebook Live with two of our old podcast guests, Claude Silver, who is the Chief Heart Officer of Vayner Media, and Brian Falchuk, the author of Do A Day. This was a chance for me to catch up with Claude and Brian and find out what's happened since our interviews. More specifically though, we talked about how to reinvent yourself and start living life in your terms. This podcast is the audio of that Facebook Live, and what follows are 45 minutes of personal insight, actionable wisdom, and just some of the best tips for living an authentic life. We spoke about Claude and Brian's personal journeys, transformation versus reinvention, how to manage your energy, falling down and getting back up, and a whole host of other things. It was just a joy to spend time with these amazing human beings who are masters in their fields. And there's just so much learning in this session. So with that, let's jump right in. So hi Mavericks, it's Krish here with a very special Facebook Live. In a second, I'm going to be introducing you guys to a couple of old friends we have from Mavericks. So as you know, we've been doing a podcast here for most of this year and a little bit last year. And... Um, and our very first podcast guest this year was the amazing Claude Silver, who is Chief Heart Officer of uh, Vayner Media and was just a, an awesome person. And then kind of a couple of months ago, we had um, a, an author called Brian Falchuk, who wrote a book called Do A Day and is a life coach and has been on this life transforming journey. And I had the privilege of meeting Brian when he was in London and uh, again, just an awesome guy. So I'm going to bring them on camera now, and we're going to be talking today about how to reinvent yourself. So let me just bring them on. So hi guys, how are you? Excellent. Great. Great. So see great to see you too. So um, guys, just introduce yourselves for me. Did, did I, lo I lose? Right, I have to go first. Yeah. I'll go yeah, first. Yeah. Um, so I'm Brian Falchuk. I, uh, as, as Chris said, I wrote this book called Do a Day. That's a bit of my life journey, but more importantly, the lessons that I took out of that journey that I've been sharing with people for probably about seven years now, just over seven years, um, to help anyone really overcome whatever challenges, struggles that you face, figure out what really matters inside of you. So you can do that introspection and draw on that power to move forward and to start to overcome, start to achieve, and frankly, just live a life freer, which is what I've been doing. And, uh, you know, for, like I said, for about seven years or so, it's an everyday thing. It never stops. We're always growing. Nothing's perfect, but you move forward. And in that process, I get to meet and interact with amazing people like these two friends here with us today as well. Awesome. Lovely to have you here, Brian. And Brian, whereabouts in, this, in the world are you today? I don't remember. Um, Today, I happen to be in Atlanta, um, but I'm based out of the Northeast in the Boston area. Awesome. In the awesome. U.S. Welcome, welcome. And young lady in the middle, Claude. Hi, my name's Claude Silver. I'm the Chief Heart Officer at VaynerMedia, as Chris said. I had the incredible pleasure of meeting Chris in London um, last fall, and then he introduced me to the incredible Brian. I spend most of my days... Uh, coaching our uh, our employees. That's about 800 plus. I have a side coaching practice as well. And for me, everything stems from um, helping uh, employees and helping people really find their uh, their roots, their groundedness, connecting with people, belonging, and then working through their purpose into their fulfillment. So for me, it all stems from um, emotional optimism and a, and a real belief in people. And, and Claude, where are you today? I am in the Poconos, someplace in Pennsylvania, and uh, it's gorgeous out. I'm escaping the New York heat, although I did hear it's going to be about 90-something today. But uh, hey. it's, it's, it's gorgeous out. There's some water skiers. You can probably just hear the, the motor right now of the boat. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That, yeah. that takes me away from the rain of Brighton, which is awesome. So... Uh... <laughs> So, um, so, so, guys, um, today uh, we're going to be talking a bit about reinvention. What I'd love to know is, obviously, uh, Claude, it's been about, uh, God, eight months since we did the, the podcast, and Brian, it's been probably three months since we recorded ours. So just give us a little bit of up, an update about, uh, you've told us kind of who you are and what, what you do. Just give us a bit of an update about what's happened 
in your life since the podcast. So, Claude, why don't we start with you? Because it's been yeah. been the, the bigger one. Or bigger yeah, that's, well, you know, I met you and we were instantly connected and it was obvious that we were spirit animals for so, so, so many reasons. <laughs> you know, it was amazing meeting you in London, a place that I had I've lived and uh, and have a community. And all of a sudden I met you and I, it was as though this light went on of like, oh my God, you're one of my people. Like we're so connected. And we had this podcast where, you know, we just, I, you asked me some questions and I decided to open up a little bit more about um, spirituality and my beliefs and, and how I spend my, my days at Vayner. Since then, I've been uh, obviously uh, working my, my, my tail off and, um, my days are spent seeing as many human beings as I possibly can and sitting with them, holding space, listening to what comes out while they're talking, sometimes drawing things out in uh, my own ways using some positive psychology or uh, Buddhist psychology methodologies, but really having a great time. And, and um, I've also been focusing on sharing a lot more of myself and mm. uh, I'm, what, I met you at 48 I'm 49 now and you know 49 years almost five decades I've got got a lot of stories in there and a lot of um, a lot of learning falling on my ass picking myself up and and really coming into my own light and I decided to start as I call it outing myself and it really started with your podcast um, and sharing more about the ups and the downs rather than just, hey, this is me at 49. Because a lot of people were asking, well, how can I be you? And how can I be a chief heart officer? And all these great questions. And the answers are within, within inside themselves. Mm. But I started to share my own journey. They could either reflect and mirror. They could learn something. I could help them with some of their stumbling blocks as, as the people that have been asking me and the people I work with are quite a bit younger than me. <laughs> so I've been doing that more and more. And then you introduced me to this incredible guy, Brian. And I went on his podcast. And the minute um, we started chatting, I decided to go there and even out myself more and go deeper into some of the, um, the shame and the pain that I had been in or put myself in uh, and played out lessons in my 20s. And during that podcast, I also went on a journey of how I got to be here and how focusing on purpose is so incredibly important to me. So I've been doing a lot externally, but boy, oh boy, I've been doing a lot internally and really mapping things out since I'm at a place in my life where it's not crashing down. It's really, really, it's really joyful and it's also choice. So, so it's been great. That sounds like an amazing journey. I absolutely love that. And it's been really clear as I've kind of, you know, as we've spoken and following you on social media and all that, just how much more of yourself you're sharing. And it's just, just, you're just very, very inspiring, which, you know, and just, I think it was Marianne Williamson said, you know, that kind of whole thing about as you allow your light to shine, you allow others to shine their light as well. And it's just, you're just a, very much a walking example of that, which I love. So, um, and Brian, so a couple, it's been, I think, three months. I think we recorded in April or May or something like that. Might have been June. Actually. No idea. Yeah, I don't remember at all. I just remember it was amazing. Um, and Chris, can I just say, this is really hard. Like, all I want to do is jump in and start interviewing Claude. I'm like, wait, so, okay, let's talk about this. Or It's, it's hard to be in the same space as Claude without just wanting to, to like, latch on to there, there's so much insight there. I'm just like, more, more. We don't need to talk <laughs> about me. Let's get more inclined. Um, so other than, than uh, holding myself back at the moment, um, the other stuff that I've been doing, well, first of all, yeah, I mean, to, to speak to the rest of this journey, after you interviewed Claude and, and we did our interview, you told me about your time with her and I listened. Um, and it was like right at the end of the interview, she talked about what she never talks about. And she didn't say what it was, but it was like, you know, no one ever asked me about my journey. And because I think it's probably a piece of being at Vayner and, you know, the aura of Gary V that people just want to hear about that. And they want to hear about the today. But there's a whole reason why you're even there in the first place. And I think my interview with, with Claude was like 
part two of what you had started. Mm. So to me, there's a reason why we're all here together. It's like, this is all intertwined. So mine was just the continuation of the conversation you started. And to be fair, Claude, we had a pretty short interview. And I felt like that was almost because the first half of it was already done with Chris. So I didn't need to like rehash as much of what your current life was about. Um, so beyond that, because I've done a few other works unlimited interview of Claude. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I think this, my interview on your show came out after my first Ted talk had gone live, which is about, you know, my, not just my book, but the message is this, this idea of do a day that, um, you know, I share a lot about my journey. I mean, it's the whole first part of the book is a number of what I call days. Each chapter is a different theme of some kind of struggle or some kind of situation where I've had something to overcome, something that has helped me grow and how I've gotten through that. And the point in sharing it is twofold. Is one is, uh, so I went to business school, so I'm all about the case method. So like, you know, here's a case here that you can learn, you know, learn sort of experientially uh, through through my footsteps. How do you actually do this thing? And the other and, and the more important thing is exactly to what uh, Claude was saying is around resonating. So I want something in my story to resonate with someone. And, you know, I've lived a certain number of experiences hopefully someone latches onto one of those and was like, oh yeah, that's similar to what I'm going through. I've connected with this person and if they got through it, maybe I can too. And maybe I can take what they've learned and apply it to what I'm going through right now. And so a lot of people have always latched onto my weight loss journeys. I, I lost a hundred pounds. Um, what is eight stone, seven stone, six stone, five? Uh, about eight stone is a lot of stones. It's, it's like a stone wall. It's a whole bunch of stones. <laughs> um, and that, because people saw that, you know, it was physical. You could tell that I was a smaller person than I, I weigh what I weighed in fifth grade when I was 11 and I'm 40. Um, wow. So, you know, a lot of people latched onto that because they knew, but there's so much more to the journey. And what a lot of people didn't know is what I went through with my wife's health. And so that's been a huge part of my story. Um, you know, I've, I've done an absurd number of podcasts. I think I just recorded number 129 yesterday. Um, it's been a lot, but I, I do it just for the, the hope that someone listening is like, wow, like that speaks to me and what I'm going through that I didn't know how to get through. Um, so that, that's kind of been my mission is like, let me tell as many people as much as I can about pain, about challenge, about the need for growth that comes from inside of you. Cause that's, you know, that's where it all starts from. It doesn't matter what I say. Ultimately it's about them. So I don't change lives. I help people change their life. You I know what I mean? It, the work is, is on their end. So I'm spending as much of my time as possible just trying to get little bits of inspiration to, it's like fertilizer for the seeds that are in you already. You just start that growth. Love that, love that, love that. And and you've uh, you've given your 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 uh, next TED talk already as well, haven't you? I did. Yeah, it's not it's not out just yet. Hopefully, uh, it's submitted to TED, so they're curating the the videos to put them on YouTube. So hopefully, in the next few weeks, it'll be out. Um, so I'll definitely keep people posted on that. Now, that one is about relationships, and you know we all have tough relationships. So it's something I've learned through teachings of that guy behind me, um, Buddhism, Buddhist philosophy, um, basically just how to recognize your role in those relationship troubles, those difficult relationships that it's not all them and what they're doing to you. Maybe you've got a hand in it too. Even if you're not the problem, you can still be the solution. And so it's a bit of, you know, how do you think about that? And what are thoughts uh, and ideas to start with to frame a different approach? And a different approach is sometimes all it takes to remake the whole problem into it actually something that that moves everybody forward right i love that i love that so what I, what I heard there as well brian and again you you've been getting out there much more i mean that's the theme for both of you this year it's been a year of expansion a year of kind of growing your profile and getting the message out there which i i love and both of you were talking about you know uh the um you know the answers being inside a person you know that's very much what we 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 would say as well and um you know, helping to bring that. So we have this topic today of how to reinvent yourself. And to be honest, it was uh, a bit of a catch-all title because, I mean, I think we're already hearing you sort of don't reinvent yourself. Um, 
maybe you remember your true self or whatever that is. But if I was to ask both of you, um, you know, you're both mavericks in your own right, as we would define them. You've both reinvented yourselves in a certain kind of way. What would you say to the question, how do you reinvent yourself? So, Claude, why don't we start with you and we'll kind of see where this goes. Yeah, great. I love what you said about remembering yourself. That's really it. Uh, remembering your true self. So for me, I think authenticity is key. And even as a 19-year-old or 25-year-old or whenever I was in my, my period of uh, destruction and some toxic relationships, I always... I, of course, I thought I was being authentic because I was. I mean, I was listening to my intuition inside, and I, I did have that inner voice and certainly that inner light, which is what really helped me get through a lot of tough situations. But by no means was I really being true to myself. There was no, was, by no means was I really paying attention to my intuition. It was my friend. It was like that invisible friend you have sometimes when you're a little kid. Uh, I'll it, it later on. Um, but, you know, reinvention to me or remembering to me has been stripping away the noise, stripping away those things that I was attached to, that I thought I needed, whether or not I needed them materialistically, I needed to be around those people, I needed to be with that person, whatever the case. But stripping those things away. So at some point I was many, actually many points in my life, I was at the bottom. There was nothing else. There was... There was no other, you, you couldn't go through the swimming pool floor. No. I was at the And when you're at the bottom, the only thing to do is to look up and figure out, shoot, I'm going to have to figure out a way to climb up there. Mm. If, if I want to really, like, not only survive, if I want to thrive. And so that took just, like, getting real and listening and being still and asking for help and finding spiritualities or modalities to re that I, that really resonated with me. Didn't matter if they resonated with Paul or Peter or whomever, but things that spoke to me because I had spent so much time already taking care of people in codependency. And mm -hmm. so that I needed to not do whatever they were doing because it, it, that was the easiest path. I needed to really strip away, get really raw and authentic. And, um, you know, with a lot of hard work and grit and perseverance and sweat and tears and things that I, I, I really have taken for granted, the, uh, the tools that I have inside me, mm. but out of those, I started to emerge. And as I emerged, I started to like myself. And it was never one of those, oh, yeah, I like myself because that's, that's really not who I am. Um, but I started to feel more comfortable in my skin and more confident. And as soon as I started to feel more self-confident, I realized that everything I had was really inside here. Right. And that everything that I was learning was from my teachers outside in the world. We're all teaching each other, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And uh, I just had to stay true to what Claude believed her principles are. I had to stay true to the fact that like, love is my religion. I don't care that someone says to me, you think too much with your heart. Cool. I do. <laughs> Proud of it. I don't care that someone says, gosh, you deploy way too much empathy or way too much right-brained. Cool. Thank you for letting me know that. So all of the things that could come at me from whatever energies are out there, and that's cool. That's all right. It's, it's I have a really nice reflective kind of protective uh, system now within myself where it's just I let that bounce off and neutralize somewhere in the ocean and and I continue to stay the course. And as long as I stay the course and don't bullshit myself, that's key. Mm, mm. It'll, be, it'll be good. So as I've gone out there in this last year, as you've mentioned, and I've spoken to so many audiences, mostly about corporate culture, or mostly about the culture that Gary and I have created at Vayner, or the work I do on helping millennials find their purpose. I, it's really fascinating, Chris. It's one of the things I don't do is I don't share a lot of my story when I'm on stage. I assume people, like you said, want to just know what it's like and how we do it and what my, you know, how did I put that, um, that trajectory together and whatnot. 
And I realize every time I get off that stage or someone writes me on LinkedIn or whatever, the first thing they want to, the first thing they say is thank you for being so real. Thank you for being so authentic. Thank you for just being you. And right there is, is those are like more valuable to me than, than anything you can imagine because it's a, um, it's a validation that, Mm. that this is the inside has come out. And I have metamorphosized, and the wings, the wings are there. Love that, absolutely love that. And one of the things you said, I love what you said about like the 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 the, the kind of reflective surface of like so. It reminds me, of, I, I said something on Facebook last week about Danielle Laporte told her son, um, who had, who was this big-hearted kid. Um, had a run in with his friends one day and kind of, you know, got a bit hurt and all that. And Danielle said to him, baby, don't, don't ever lose your, that big shiny heart, always kind of hold your, your belief in people and that kind of thing. But put a big fucking fence around that heart and don't give anyone the key to the gate unless you trust that they're not going to abuse it, which just, I just love. So, um, so, so Brian, I mean, you've also been through a reinvention journey, although, I think the word reinvention almost makes it sound more contrived. So that let's chuck that word reinvention. Yeah. You've been through a transformation journey yourself. So yeah, I, I prefer that to reinvention personally, just because I think um, going to, to some of what Claude said, I was going to focus on self-love that I know I talk about incessantly, but there's a good reason for it. Um, reinvention implies there's something wrong. There's something wrong with you. Transformation implies that, it's a change from a situation or a context or a way of being, but not necessarily you, the person. So it's, it's a change to you versus like what you were is get, has got to stop. And now you're something different, right. you know, transforming is a change. Like the, the butterfly, no, it doesn't look like the caterpillar, but it's still the same being it's presented in a whole new way with whole new options and opportunities and all mm. that versus like it was a caterpillar and now it's a car. That's a reinvention. Yeah. Um, I, I have to go to cars because that's that's my jam. Um, anyway, I like butterflies, but okay. Cool. Butterflies are a lot more um, pretty and inspirational and do less pollution, so we'll we'll go with that. Um, you have so an electric the, the car, though, Brian. That's right. We both have electric cars, so we're good people. Um, and and energy production leaves no fossil fuel footprints or, or no. carbon footprints anywhere in the world. Anyway, anyway, so uh, what in God's name were we talking about? Oh, yeah, self-love. So that that for me is is the first big piece. And the reason why I harp on it is because I just don't think anything else matters if you don't have it. And, I mean, it's it's in what Claude was just talking about. To me, self-love, which some people get squeamish at the word, like that's fine you can call it I I give this example that I have a friend who was in a book club and didn't want to admit that he was in a book club because he thought it sounded too soft so he called it fight club that's fine if you want to call it something else like I don't care but we're talking about the same thing Um, it's about two really important basis points one is that you deserve it and the other is that you're capable of it whatever it is when you don't love yourself, when you don't see yourself as deserving to have whatever the transformation into is about, whatever the better is, and when you don't see yourself as capable of even getting there, nothing else that we talk about matters because consciously or subconsciously, you are going to sabotage. You will stand in your way. You will tell yourself, no, you can't do that. I mean, as a, as a runner, the number of times where I've been like, oh, I'm so tired. I can't make it the rest of the way. And it's like another block to wherever you know, the hotel that I'm running back to or my home or whatever it is. Um, that's all in my head. Of course I can make it. And the number of times I've made it when I've thought that before, you know, that, that's what we have to remember is, so I do a number of things with people to try to get them to see that they're capable and that they're deserving. But one of them is, you know, how many times have you found yourself in this place where like, I can't go on, it's too hard, I've hit bottom, um, you know, I, I'm stuck. There's nothing else for me to do. How many times mm. have you said that? And for most people, this is not the first time that they've ever said something like that. And they may argue with me that it's worse now, but then I ask them, how many times have you said it's never been this bad? And they're like, well, yeah, but this time it really, okay, fine. But there's a point to all this is you're still standing. 
And it doesn't mean you have what you want. It doesn't mean everything's perfect. But the fact that you're still alive, the fact that you've gotten through each one of those other, this is the end of the world, I can't go on kind of moments, that has to say something to you. And you're not allowing it to. So we, we work on that, you know, recognizing you are a lot more capable and a lot more resilient than you've ever given yourself credit for. And I'll be the first to raise my hand. That was me. You know, it, a constant flow of what's about to happen is so terrible. This is the end of the world. I'll never get through it. And including like my wife is about to die is, you know, that was the call I got from the doctor. Nothing else to do. I'm going on vacation. I'll check in with you when I'm back. And yeah, she's not going to be here by then. Click. Um, that's a pretty serious, like, you know, I think that one would count as like, it's never been this bad before. She's still alive and I'm still here. And our son is an amazingly happy, well-adjusted kid, despite all of that. So for all of those moments where it's all impossible and you can't do it and you don't deserve to do it, it's baloney. Because even if you got through it and things were bad, you know, maybe it's like financial ruin and you were homeless. Well, where are you right now? And even if it's just that you're still alive, that's something. That the amount of grit and determination and stick stick with itness that is alive and well in you, whether you want to see it or not, is pretty huge. You got to start to recognize that. So that's a big piece of it for me. And the one thing I'd say that comes from uh, someone I interviewed on on my show, Sonia Looney, who's uh, she's awesome. She's the coolest or second coolest woman. Um, I don't know if this was pointing at Claude or this was pointing at Claude. I don't know where she is in the mix of the videos, but I'm pointing at Claude from my end. Um, Sonia's a, the, the top ranked female mountain bike endurance champion in the world. She is wow. just super. Um, she's done these unbelievable multi-day races all over the world, including one that she did a Ted talk about where everything went just horribly off the rails and, she shows a video clip from the event where she's like crying. There's just not coming out of her. I mean, it's, she's like, I don't know why I chose to share that publicly, but, um, but she said something really powerful that was, she actually gets excited when she feels stuck. And the reason is because history has taught her that when she feels stuck, it's because something amazing is going to happen. Those are the mm. points where at a bottom, some big shift is coming. And so she actively reminds herself, yeah, this is hard, but something very cool is going to come out of this. And so she ends up getting excited. Just that shift in the mindset is what helps it to manifest. Awesome. What an amazing, what an amazing message. Uh, I love it. Claude, you look like that was resonating with you. Yeah. I was just thinking, I mean, I, yes, A, she's probably a bigger badass than me. So way to go something. <laughs> Um, can, uh, but you know, having awareness is such a gift yeah. and you just don't, you just actually don't know the size of that gift until you're actually in it. And when you're in it and you can share it, you find that the generosity of sharing is such a healing print. It's just so healing. So I think awareness being the gift and generosity is what happens when you open that up. And you give that to everyone. It just goes miles and miles and miles. So yeah. uh, the other thing that resonated with, with, with me, what Brian was saying, is when you are on that bottom and when Sonia's feeling like, oh, my boots are shaking, you do know you're on the precipice of something. And mm. by the way, it is going to feel scary because it is the unknown. But you put those bravery boots on, and you go for it, and then all of a sudden, you're, it starts to open up. Anything is going, it, it's all going to get better from the bottom up. When you have that awareness of like, all right, okay, this is going to be different this time. Here we go. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. There are so many directions I could go from here. Um, so one of the things I am going to go into is, you know, we've been talking a lot about awareness and kind of things like self-love comes from awareness and um, that kind of awareness where you are. And when, Claude, you're talking about not bullshitting yourself, this is all rooted in awareness. I'm also noticing, of course, that, you know, the three of us are all within 10 years of each other age-wise. Brian, you're the baby of us at 39. Um, yeah, but, you know, but I work in insurance, so I'm like in my 60s. There's just like that insurance <laughs> buffer that makes you older. 
I think the point, the point is we're all at a certain stage in life. And Claude, you were talking about helping millennials to find their purpose and that kind of thing. And I guess the, one question I'm kind of curious of around, because a lot of the people who, who watch us are millennials, um, is it possible, I've certainly noticed as I've got older, awareness and self-reflection has come with age, but is it possible to raise that awareness um, at a younger age so that that transformational journey is not a function of where you are in life, as it were? I think, I think Brian and I are both nodding our heads yes. For me, as I, as I think about all of the people I am around on a daily basis, there is a, a, a shift that has happened, I think, with this generation and the generation coming in after them, Generation Z. They, are, they seem to be much more conscious, much more awake, much more you know, woke, as they might say. Um, they want, they're very hungry for purpose. They don't, what they don't know is the, the patience that's needed. But I do also think that they've looked at the generations that have gone before them and have said, nah, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to be like my parents. I, I want to change the world and I want to change the world now. So I, I really feel that there's this incredible rush of energy and momentum that comes with these, these folks that is actually transformational. I don't know if they know how transformational it is because they're in it. They're coming out of uni and they're like, all right, all right, how can I get there? What can I, how can I, what am I, you know, when am I going to get that raise? How am I going to get that promotion? And what are you going to teach me? So I think that what are you going to teach me is already showcases to me that their eyes are open and um, they're, they're much more of a community than I think, uh, than I think generations have, uh, that have gone before them. So I do think they're listening and I do think they're very, very hungry to become aware. And I think the one thing that I can do while I'm sitting with them and guiding them, I'm certainly, you know, they're the hero. I'm the guide. They're the hero is remind them that they're the hero and they, they really, really, really need to want this or else it will slip through their hands. Mm. This is it's attainable, but it needs, it needs attention. Self-awareness needs attention. Transformation right. needs attention. But I do right. think it's, I think they're nominal, phenomenal. Brian. Yeah, I, so I, I, I agree. I think it's less a function of your chronological age than your maturity readiness. Um, and so that's where, you know, I, I interviewed someone who at age nine, I think she was nine, maybe 11, but whatever, it, it, unbelievably young wrote a letter to her father that had abandoned, abandoned her family when she was like two. And it was wow. because she had this realization of the waste of the pain that she was carrying. And it wasn't, the letter wasn't for him. It was a forgiveness letter. It wasn't for him. It was for her. And like to have that realization at that age, I mean, she's this beautiful soul in her, I, I think late thirties, early forties. Um, you know, we didn't talk about her age per se, but she, she's been that way for a very long time. And she had an awareness that honest to God, most people in their forties, fifties, six, I don't care what age still don't have still carry grudges still, you know, all those things. So, you know, I've seen people that there's a guy coaching his late fifties who he's working on it. He's not there yet. And then you got this, this woman who, you know, as a single digit or pre-adolescent child had more self-awareness than I think any of us, in life ever really gets to have. Um, so I don't tie it to a generation or not. Uh, I think it's actually a really dangerous thing how millennials or, or other generations get generalized and become the butt of jokes. Um, you see it quite a bit in, uh, in the conference scene where there's like an age focus for the group. You know, it's like a young leaders meeting or something and everything is, well, millennials this and millennials that. You guys wouldn't understand this because you're too young. You're not serving anybody. And you might get a laugh, you might not, but what what has grown as a result of that? People are people. And there are definitely some trends to generations and there are things that we grew up with this or we grew up with that and it may lead to some different norms and different behaviors, but I think anyone can be self-aware. It's a question of readiness, willingness to do that work. I mean, it, it takes some serious introspection, a little bit of scariness probably, and that's okay. 
I guess it's how much you want to lean into that and whether you need this instantaneous, well, I'm going to do this one hour with you and then I'm done. Right. Then I'm self-aware. Uh, -uh. you know, like I, it's not a journey you stop. So when people are like, well, how long? And I said, you know, for me, I talk about my real motivation and, and God, I wrote a book about it. And it wasn't until a year after the book came out that I got another layer deeper because someone called me out. They're like, what you're saying is your motivation doesn't even fit with the lesson you're saying. It's still a level two, Hi. And I was like, you're right. Like this is six years and thousands of hours and sessions, like coaching sessions and writing about it. And I'm still on that journey. And some people might be like, Oh man, it's a failure. You know, give up. Like you, you couldn't even do it in that long. And I'm like, no, that's awesome. Cause I don't, I don't want to be done. I'm not like as a human, I'm not done. Why would I want to stop growing and learning and being self-aware? Right, 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 right. I, I have to say, guys, you the, the, on a purely selfish level, this is, I, I don't, you know, forget anyone else who's watching right now. I'm just kind of, I'm just soaking this in right now. It's, it's wonderful. Um, so let, let's, we, we talked a lot about the, the kind of inner side, as it were. And I think, let's face it, we could talk for hours about this. But um, we also know that people are going to watch this as well. Um so let's kind of talk about some of those those hows and and kind of methods or you know the practical stuff so one of the things we hear a lot um you know mavericks you know our, our headline is make your own rules and uh, one of the things i hear a lot from coaching clients from people i work with just from the community is i'd love to i'd absolutely love to but i'm really busy i don't have time you know everything else yada 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 um, so from that point of view, uh, you've talked about the amount of transformation that you guys have both been through. I know for a fact that you guys don't have a lot of time in your schedules. <laughs> um, talk to me about your relationship with time and how you bring, how you go through transformation when you have this crazy busy life. Yeah. So I don't know if I spoke to Brian about when he was in the office or who I shared this with, but I, I actually don't even use the word time management or work-life balance. I use the words energy management because for me, that's what it is. Like my body isn't, yes, my body has a clock, but my body is full of energy. It's not full of minutes in the day. And I need to gauge my energy at every, at every waking moment when I can. I mean, gosh, even when I'm sleeping, right? But my energy is what provides me with, with the, let us just use the word freedom. It, energy provides me with some kind of liberation and expansiveness of how much I can take in when I need to shut down, when I need to take five, when I need to work out, when I need to phone a friend. I mean, so it's, it's like kind of having that beacon within you. Um, time is really scarce. I mean, time is, Time is currency right now, and are, are trying to cast checks and go to the bank for more time, and there just isn't. It's up to us to make the time. But for me, without being conscious of my energy and helping others be conscious of their energy, uh, there is no time. So for me, it's just really like, all right, how, what do I got today? Do I have any in the reserves? Uh-oh, that means on the weekend I better, like, take some serious clock time. Soak it up. Love that. Love that. And, Brian, I know one of the ways you uh, you fit things in is by starting crazy early in the morning, as we yeah. hadn't talked about today. But tell us about your relationship with time and energy. I, I think Claude put it really well. I'm, I'm losing the battle with time because there just isn't enough of it. Um, what what has changed for me is I think the awareness of the energy side of it. So um, I've been pushing very hard for a, a while now, like a year and a half since the book came out, um, because I'm trying to make an impact with it. And, and I see like, you know, there's a window when it's still relatively fresh where I have to do all this stuff and I still have a day job that's extremely full and, you know, a father and a husband still. Um, so I, I don't mean still as if like that's coming to an end, but I'm also a father and a husband. Um, so it, it is really hard to find the time and I need to balance the energy and I've made some different calls of late. So like I've got, 
uh, a backlog of a few recordings of, of episodes of my podcast that I haven't touched the raw audio at all. And yes, I could outsource that, but I get so much from listening to it. I don't want to outsource it because I'd still just listen. Like I probably listen to each episode five or six times before I release it because I want wow. to. Um, I like, I like my guests. I get some pretty cool stuff. Um, so, you know, that, that takes time, but I've just, I've sat them on the side and I'm not touching them there. I don't, I have episodes at the end of the year, so I don't need to do them right now. I need to just like veg and lay in bed and Netflix and chill maybe every now and then. Um, and, and it's the same thing with my exercising. So that's a big part of my life because I enjoy it. And that's, uh, it, it's one I do my best thinking. And I've always pushed really hard with that. And I've actually, over the past probably six or eight months, I've done a lot less of the high intensity stuff. And I'm actually like, you know what? I, I'm, it's not like I'm going to balloon up. It's not like I'm going to get out of shape. So I can do this at just a moderate intensity and just take the thought side in and make it more about a recovery. thing. I used to be afraid of doing a recovery ride on my bike or recovery run because, oh my God, what's going to happen to my fitness? And I'll get fat again. And th that's that's the soundtrack in my head. So I, I'm using my energy differently and I'm making priority calls better than I was before. I still got a ways to go. I still say yes to too many things. Um, I think the hardest thing to say no to honestly is people. So the, in my day job, I'm one of our internal mentors, which I love being, but the number of requests that I get, like my book has gone around the company. So I get a lot of random people who reach out to me for space and I can't say no to that. Um, and I, I know that that word can't is the problem, but I just, I don't want to, like, that's the stuff I really value and, and I don't really have the time for it, but that's the thing. That's the stuff I need to make time for, but then I pay quite a price because there's a lot of mandatory stuff in the work world that still has to get done. So I'm still trying to figure all that out, but it is about energy. It's about burnout. It's about, um, feeling like you're contributing to your purpose and feeling like you're contributing to the purpose of others, not how much of the, you know, chronological time of the day you've given to something or not. Right, right, right. And I just, I really appreciate you kind of, you know, it'd be very easy to come on here and, you know, guys are people we look up to and, you know, it'd be very easy to come on here and say, yeah, I've got it all sorted. We're all fine. We're all good. You know, and it's just really real to, you know, say, hey, I'm still working yeah, on it. Yeah, I'm still working on it. Yeah, Simon and I are both shaking our heads like, no, we're still working on it. Great stuff. Great so, stuff. So, so, so listen, guys, we, we're sort of a, we're just over 40 minutes. So I just want to kind of round, round off, because I, I think there are so many things we could talk about here. So I think, you know, maybe this maybe we do this again and you know kind of go deeper and deeper and deeper and then we do a few of them i don't know we'll see um yeah. but in terms of if there was kind of if i gave you kind of the the floor for like two minutes to say you know on this topic about how do you transformate how do you transform yourself and you know live life on your terms and we understand that you know you probably haven't you know whether you've lived life on your terms or not probably on your deathbed, right? Because that's when the journey is over for this lifetime, at least. Um, if you had like the, the two minute summing up speech to kind of give your best piece of wisdom, what would it be? So whoever wants to go first. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pick one of you in a second. Uh, Claude's video froze. I think that means that I, I'm up. I'm up. I think you're right, um, Brian. Yeah. Well, so can you, oh, can you hear? Can you hear me? You're back. Yes. You just came back. Yeah. I was that the universe telling me to not go first. I think I think Brian was just about to go anyway. So. All right. Um, so usually I would answer with the self love piece, but we talked about that. So assuming you're all good and you love yourself, right? You've got that down. Now the, the single most important thing is not a, not even about where you want to go what you want to achieve. And a lot of people want to start with goals. I, I look at things the other way around. I start with purpose and the goals should fall out of that because how do you, so people will say, well, you know, how do I know what my purpose is if I don't know what I'm trying to achieve? And what I would say is how do you know what you can and should achieve if you don't even know why? 
Like you need to know why you're here, what matters to you before you can even define like that's an important goal that should trump all else for me to, to achieve. Um, so I start with the, the purpose stuff and purpose, motivation, why, whatever words we want to use for it. It's about looking within and understanding what is it above all else that always matters to you. And people will give me an answer and it's wrong. You got to dig deeper than that. It's, it's wrong in the sense that it's too surface level. Just like I said, I thought I had mine and it was definitely motivating, but it wasn't quite deep enough. So answer the question and be willing to do that work of answering why with each level of answer you give. It's, you know, it's peeling the onion. Um, so you, what you're trying to figure out is, you know, when, when you look at something that makes you unhappy or something that's difficult or is a source of struggle, why does it feel that way? And what are the things that make you feel different about it? So for me, you know, all the anxiety that I had and the way that, to be fair, I still have, I just have less of it and it rules my life in a much smaller or more confined moments than it did before, which was sort of always, why did that ultimately seem not okay to me? Because I had justified it forever. It's like, well, it's serving me. That's why I'm so alive. That's why I'm self-sufficient. That's why I'm not bankrupt. That's why I've help this person or that, or as a management consultant, that's literally why I had success in my career. So what do you mean it's a bad thing? Well, hang on a second. Everything around me is unhappy with it. Why does that matter? You know, what is when my son looks at me and I'm not being the father he needs in that moment where we thought his mother was going to die? Why does that matter? Now that may sound like a stupid question. Like, obviously it, it's pretty clear why it would matter, but that's the point. So look at why it matters to you and don't just be like, oh yeah, it matters. Like, yeah, good reminder. Okay. Yeah. Your son, you know, but why? And you really got to dig into it. Cause if you just answer like, oh yeah, it's my son. Um, that like, that's, that's not going to move you. That doesn't make me cry. When I really dug into it, my, I mean, my face was a wreck. Um, and if you watch my Ted talk, you'll see there's that moment where it hits me again, even though I've told the story a gazillion times, mm -hmm it's that powerful to me what's your answer to that and that's the real question and be willing to do that journey that's why i say like it may be hard it may be painful you may cry you may be uncomfortable good you know that's a sign that you're on the right path that's a sign that you're digging through the stuff that you actually knew inside anyway that you've just been stunting a bit so that that's the that's the one reminder is like you actually know the answer it's just a question of whether you want to be in touch with it. And the things that you've buried, the pain you've suffered through, maybe it's abuse. They're like, oh, I, that doesn't affect me anymore. I'm past that. Well, guess what? If you haven't dealt with it, it does still affect you, whether you want to admit it or not. You got to bring that stuff out. Everything has to get out of the way of what's really in that core that matters above all else. Then you transform. But until you do that, it's going to be, you, you may have some success, but it's going to be short-lived. It's going to be finite. And it's not going to be this building new path forward where you just, it's impossibility is an irrelevant word. That's transformation to me is like lifting the chains of the idea of impossible. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that's quite, that's quite a, a visual that you just painted there. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I, there's not much I can layer on or say that Brian hasn't said. I think that um, I'm so with him in terms of removing, looking at yourself, feeling the pain, and then removing the obstacles uh, so that you can get to the core. The only thing I would add is probably the emotional part. Remember, you know, as I said in one of the questions you asked me before, you know, why do you think too much with your heart and all of that stuff? So I go immediately to the emotion, which is really figuring out what that shame is all about. First of all, identifying that you've got shame. I don't know anyone in this world who hasn't had something happen to them or something that they've brought into their life that has, I'm not talking embarrassed them. I'm talking shame them. Shame them so much that you run so far. I mean, you know, flock of seagulls, you run so far to get away from that hurt. So uh, getting real with that, and that takes vulnerability, and that takes, yes, Brene Brown, courage. No, everyone's saying the same thing. It's because those of us that are, uh, that have, are spending time digging in the dirt are aware of these, um, 
we're aware of the words that are being used right now, transformation and vulnerability and courage. But shame is a real big one. And I go back to, you know, I think John Bradshaw wrote a book in the 80s called Healing the Shame That Binds You. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget reading that book at 22 as I was, no, I'm sorry, 24 as I was like in a really, really bad place and sobbing my eyes off uh, because I knew he was speaking to me. And so, you know, it's been a lifetime for me, and I think it's a lifetime journey for everyone to acknowledge what's in the way, what that pain is, what the core is, as Brian has said, and then using tools, using others, using yourself, using your spiritual spirituality, whatever it is, to, um, to start to get at that. And being gentle, like this is not a race. This is, it's going to take sweat, but it's not going to take sweat because you're doing, you know, CrossFit. It's going to take because you're using muscles that a you haven't used before and and b it's going to take some resilience. So, um, but but like stick with it because this is ours. Like no one else can control this other than me. That is for sure. So I want this. I want me to be the best me I possibly can. So when I am on my deathbed, you know, in fifty, sixty years, if I live to one hundred and ten. I can look back and say I, I, I sweated, I scraped, and I uh, and I blossomed. You know, love that. Absolutely love that, guys. This has been absolutely beautiful and amazing. And what I love is, um, and this is this is the, the 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 change in the times, right? The the, the notion of, you know, I remember when I first started to get into coaching and. All that kind of stuff. It was like, as you said, Brian, it's about the goals. It's about the motivation. It's like, it's all the head stuff. It's all the the patriarchal stuff. And now we are beginning to talk about stuff that is real, kind of. Whether it's from a more left brain or right brain brain perspective, it's about the heart. It's about the emotions. It's about the purpose, the deep, um, the deep motivation. I just love that. So, so last but not least, guys, um, if people want to find out a bit more about both of you and your work, where can they find you? Brian, first of all, let's start with you. So you can go to brianfalchuk.com. It's B-R-Y-A-N-F-A-L-C-H-U-K.com. Everything's there. Easy peasy. Just awesome. have to spell it. Awesome. All thoughts? Yeah, um, please go to Twitter or Instagram or LinkedIn. That's really where I'm doing most of my um, my writing, and the uh, website's being built soon. So, uh, as well as a book. But please reach oh, wow. out. Yeah. Oh, there's, is this inspired? exclusive news here, Claude? <laughs> You've inspired me. Yay! I look forward to hearing more about that. So. Thank you so much, guys. Really, really appreciate your time. I know you're both very busy people. And Brian, you've got a busy day ahead. And Claude, thank you for joining us with, from your vacation. And um, just Mavericks, I hope you've got a lot from this. Obviously, this will be on uh, this will be put on playback on Facebook, and we'll be putting this around the web and all that kind of stuff. And just thank you so much, guys. Really, uh, just a, an amazing time. Thank you. Thank you, thank thank you guys. You. Hey, listen up, don't go yet. Did you get something meaningful out of this episode? Well, the most meaningful thing that you can do right now is to go and leave a review on iTunes because those reviews are what keep us here. And please make sure to share and to subscribe to this podcast. Finally, are you unleashing your superpowers? Well, if so, show us on Instagram with the hashtag MaverickSUnlimited and we'll see you over there. And with that, thanks so much for listening to the Mavericks Unlimited podcast at maverickunlimited.com. Bye for now.